Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and his journey back to God. Today we're in Ephesians 1, and before we get started, let's open with prayer. Father, I thank you for this day. Holy Spirit, I pray that we would have open hearts, open minds, and open spirits for you to talk to us. I pray that you would watch over us and that you would guide us as we read, and that the words we hear, the message that would be portrayed and provided would be yours. Anything from me, I just pray that you would remove it. And it'd be strictly you talking to us and telling us what we need to hear. I pray that our hearts and our minds and spirits would be prepared and open and that we would be receptive to what you have to say. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, so today we're in our first chapter of Ephesians. And let's just go ahead and jump on into it. Verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful and Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he proposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and onto earth under Christ. So <clears throat> there's a lot there. <laughs> but one of the things I really focus on for me taking out of it is God's grace and he provides it in a lavish fashion, which means beyond, it's overflowing. And to me, I need that. I need that grace on a daily basis because... I fail on a daily basis and I need that grace and I count on that grace. And it's interesting that we have here in one of Spurgeon's sermons on just chapter or just on verse seven, which is about grace and forgiveness of sins. He writes, Oh, my dear hearers, do not do not be theoretical believers. You believe in sin, believe also in its pardon. Let the one be as much a truth of God as the other. You believe in the punishment of sin in the case of the impediment. Be equally sure of the pardon of sin to believers. So impenitent, I guess, is the, the unbeliever, the ones who won't believe. You believe in the guilt of your own personal sin. Believe also in the power of Jesus at this moment to blot out all your transgressions, and they shall vanish as a cloud which is driven before the north wind. Forgiveness in Christ Jesus, accepted by faith, is now to be enjoyed, and with it, perfect rest and peace of heart. So, in this sermon that he writes, he's talking about sin, and people not, you know, that there's an innate understanding that we have sin, and that people believe in sin, but they don't necessarily, they struggle 
with the forgiveness of it. And I'll give you an example. I still remember being an ungrateful jerk when my mom, who was struggling financially, provided me with a gift for Christmas or my birthday. And I was ungrateful because it wasn't what I wanted. I wanted a stereo and I got a clock radio. My mom wasn't wealthy. We were, we were kind of, you know, and it was a tough time for my family. My parents were separated at the time. So she really struggled to make ends meet. And she gave me what she could, and I was ungrateful. To this day, I remember that. And I remember it, and yet my mom forgave me for being such a jerk. My, my mom, who I talked about it many times, forgave me and just tried to emphasize over and over, I forgive you. Don't worry about it. It's gone. Don't worry. And <clears throat> yet it stuck with me, and it still does. And it's that way with our salvation with Christ. Don't be theoretical believers, Spurgeon says. And as you've gone through this journey with me, you know I love processes. I'm a process guy. So I love steps and the theory and the theoretical. And my great journey is resting in God, resting in Jesus, not even saying anything when I pray, but resting in him and being silent. It's the same thing with being a theoretical believer. I know there's sin, but I also have to have faith and believe in its pardon. It's as much of a truth of the pardon is and the, the grace as the actual horrendous element that sin is, that sin exists. So I have to be that believer, not just a theoretical person. And that's what Spurgeon's saying here. And in Ephesians, we'll, we'll hear about grace and forgiveness of sin on both, and then how you behave as we move forward. So, okay, let's just keep going. That was too much of me. Verse 11, in him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we who were the first to, be, to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. So he says, for those of them, the, the apostles and disciples who, and the early believers, because he's writing this again in like 60 years after Christ. Um, he's saying those of us who were there, we were blessed, but also those of you, we're all included in Christ. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed you were marked in, in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. <clears throat> Verse 15. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all of God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. That's what we're looking for, right? Verse 18, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, 
far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. So that's pretty powerful when you think about it. That's a lot to be said that, you know, but God raised Jesus from the dead, placed everything under his power, everything of earth under his rule, placed it all under him. But then at the same time, he says, the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his comparably great power for us who believe. So often I walk around feeling defeated, like I don't I can't do something. It's the wrong thing. I'm in I'm in in I have received power from God. And it's not just a little power. It's the power that put Christ on the throne in heaven. It's the power that raised him from the dead. So when I sit there and I have my own challenges with sin, do I understand the power that has been given to me as an inheritance of being able to overcome that sin and to do God's will? It goes back to the prodigal son, the son who stayed and was pissed off because his brother who bailed was being treated so well and he was jealous. His heart was bad, was, you know, full of jealousy. And I, I'd probably be in the same state. Hey dude, I stuck around and did all this great stuff and you never threw a party for me. But then that he just opened the kid, the son's eyes with, what are you talking about? Everything I have is yours. So everything that God has is ours if we ask in his name and ask for his in his will it's understanding the power that has been provided to us through the inheritance of being adopted into his family that is critical the things that we struggle with do we have the faith to understand they can be overcome and that we can do great things i struggle with that at times and often. So with that, let's just close up with a word of prayer. Holy Spirit, I pray you'd open our hearts and our minds and our spirits and truly help us to understand the power we have in you that's been granted to us as children of yours as an inheritance of our adoption into into Christ and the Father. I just pray you'd open our minds and help us truly live this way and understand what it means. I just lift up our friends and our families, Lord, and I pray for their peace. I pray for peace upon them and safety. I pray during these times that are so hectic, I just pray that you would give us peace and help us to know how to rest in you, how to be comforted by you, and how to understand what the next steps are for our lives and that we would be open to your guidance. 
It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. I hope you have a great day.